Podcast Radio. And your host, your voice of reason during times of treason, the angry one, Jeff Kaufman. I hope you're doing well today. I hope everything's going good for you. Not a whole lot to talk about today. I really just wanted to go over a few things that I talked about throughout the week try to get a few things off my chest as per normal normal for me um the biggest news i think for today is the fact well it's not a fact yet allegedly donald trump had a meeting this morning with a large number of his family and others in discussion about resignation now, it's funny if you pay attention to my show. A few shows back, I actually brought this up as a plausible outcome. And again, this is allegedly, we don't know for sure if he actually had this meeting. I think a lot of people are hoping that he did. I'm not hoping that. I hope that he doesn't. I hope he thinks he actually is going to win. And I hope he runs and loses. And I hope then we can go ahead and prosecute his ass for everything and anything, and especially a lot of the stuff we don't even know anything about. A lot of the stuff that he's attempted to cover up. We know for a fact that his tax evasion is going to bite him in the ass. As far as everything else, well, I don't know. I I can't say for sure. I don't know who could. But I would assess the situation is he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. I don't know how he thinks 
he's going to win this election, the turnout is way too high. Even if his base, all of them, vote for him, it, it's it's too bad. It's not going to help him. I mean, we are looking at, in some instances, in some of the, uh, the calculations that I saw, 22 to 25% higher in voters this same time in 2016. The turnout is enormous. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Americans realize the repercussions of not voting, the responsibility of using that vote. They saw what can happen in four years because people didn't vote. And I know that a lot of people that are voting this year have never voted or did not vote in the last election. So I think there's a I think there's a bit of remorse mixed in with the enthusiasm of voting because I think a lot of people out there feel like they could have voted in 2016 and maybe just maybe Donald Trump would have been president. And I say that because I mean you just look at the polls. It's not just the polls, though. Look at the lines. We are seeing people lining up to stand in line to vote early for 10 hours straight, just standing in line. The lines are so long. I mean, they, like, had concession stands set up for the end of the line. I mean, it was insane. And a lot of these early voters are doing it now to get it out of the way. I myself, I I don't know if I'm going to vote early or if I'm going to go in on the third and do it, just walk in and do it on the third. But I, I, I think for a lot of people out there, this election is probably the biggest election in, in America's history. And it's not to vote in Donald Trump. I'm just, just being honest with you. The turnout is going to be way too high. He's going to he's going to lose in such a landslide. It, it, I mean, it's going to be massive. It's going to be bigger than a landslide, a, a tsunami, a, an earthquake. I don't know. How you want to describe it? The moon itself crashed into Earth. He is going to lose in such a horrendous way. There will be no way, no, no possible way that he can take this to court. And I think that's what people were worried about. I was worried about it, but I'm thinking, and I'm looking at the statistics right now. I'm not saying it's, it's definitely a win. Don't, don't take it as if, all right, things look good. Now I don't have to vote. I don't want anybody thinking that I want everybody to vote, but I think things are looking really good right now for the democratic party. I mean, it's just a matter of time. Um, and I think Donald Trump and his campaign is very well aware of this. They are watching the polls. They're seeing everything everybody else is seeing. They're very well aware of the outcome um, and the plausibility of, of what it's going to be. And it's, and it's going to be a huge, huge, giant loss for Donald Trump. And I think it would be smart for him to start negotiating for his resignation. This isn't the first time we've heard this in the course of this week. This is the second time it's been brought up in discussions. But apparently he had a private meeting this morning with his family and I don't know who else. Um, Oh, in a Jewish American society to discuss his resignation on the contingents that Mike Pence will pardon him. 
But here's the thing. I think even if he was to resign, hold on. I just, I, I firmly believe that with everything that we're seeing and that's happening has definitely changed the course for his reelection. I mean, we're talking the one debate that he had, which, you know, if you listen to both sides, you know, he won, he lost, he won, he lost. I mean, I'm I, as an American watching it, it was a little befuddling. I, I got the feeling for a moment that he might actually win the debate, but as time progressed, you could just see that it was troublesome to him to handle the debate. And then that question about the white supremacy issue in America and him sidestepping the answer, you know, he looked caught off guard. He acted as if it was going against his nature to denounce it. And to hear today that he may have or may not have had a meeting this morning with his family and at some Jewish American society, and who knows who else was there? Probably Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell. Who knows? Let's just say that that meeting actually did take place. Let's hope it did. And I'm not saying hope it did as in we want him to resign. I just hope it did because it shows and proves that the amount of pressure that he's under right now and the way things are looking as far as the voting going and people early voting and people definitely voting against him, that this would be a, a smart approach for him. To, I mean, it just solidifies. That's all it does. It's, it doesn't mean whether or not we want him to, because I don't want him to resign. I want him to be for everything. I want him, I, I, I don't want there to be one iota of anything that he ever got away with. I want everything, but whatever. What I'm trying to say is I, I don't think we should take this as a win, him talking about his resignation. It, it's definitely a good sign. It solidifies the fact that he's losing. And I know a lot of people would be happy to see him resign. I, for one, do not. Like I said, I want him to be held accountable for everything. At the same time, we have to look at this, you know, with a logical approach. If it is true and that he's doing this, then he's obviously looking away, looking for a way out. And he's obviously guilty. I mean, it's just a it, it, come on. He's obviously guilty. If he's resigning, he's guilty. And I I. I just can't help but that imagine that the MAGA crowd is going to have a total meltdown. They're blaming the media for this. But we really need to just, I mean, he's not taking responsibility for anything. And with what happened with the uh, the plot to kidnap the, the Michigan governor, that's something that was, that was his responsibility. I mean, I'm just saying the rhetoric and everything and the narrative and all the words and the, and the, and the, the classless speeches and his, if you ever paid attention to enemies rallies, you know, history is, is not going to be kind to Donald Trump. But if you paid attention enough in the last four years, then if you're like me, you probably saw this as a plausible outcome. Um, he can't really do the things he wants to do in order to win this election as in cheating. There's too much of a microscope on him right now. If he fucks with the ballots, he's fucked. Um, that whole thing he did with Fox TV, I don't know if anybody was paying attention. The interview he did with, with Rush Limbaugh, I mean, it was disgusting. The guy's a joke. He's a fraud. He's he's not a politician. We I know a lot of people, you know, God, I, I keep beating around this bush. But a lot of people are like, well, we don't want a politician. We didn't want a politician. That's why we voted for him. Well, you know, that's that's cool and all. But let's just be honest about it. It takes a certain amount of 
political knowledge to be able to do the job that he's doing. It's not something to just anybody can just hop in the bed and do. It, it takes you know, you have to, you have to have contacts. You have to uh, know people. You have to have a, a tremendous amount of respect being given to you. I'm not going to go into detail, but let's just be honest. The difference between him and Joe Biden is Joe Biden is a lot more respectable than Donald Trump. That's really the bottom line for a lot of Americans when they're looking at the vote, who they're going to vote for, who can they respect? Who do they trust? <laughs> I mean, everything that the right has tried to do to make Joe Biden out to be a pedophile. Well, you know, that that's really fucked up because the only pictures I've ever seen of Joe Biden doing anything wrong was in front of a bunch of fucking people. And they said he was doing doing something wrong, but I really never saw him do anything wrong. It was all slow-mo video of him touching a girl's shoulder or leaning down to say something to her. And it, it made it look so bad for him. But there's not one picture that I can find of Jeffrey Epstein and Joe Biden. You know what I mean? It's it's weird how people don't correlate Jeffrey Epstein and Donald Trump, but yet want to say that Joe Biden is the, the weird one that the, the the might have been a pedophile or whatever or sexual deviant. I mean, here we got a guy who's cheated on his wife with a porn star. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Hello, and now they're. I mean, this all this is just coming to a head. Let's just let's just agree to this one thing. All of this is coming to a head and it's not looking good for Donald Trump whatsoever. It looks horrible for him. He's definitely going to lose his election to hear that he's in talks allegedly about his resignation really doesn't mean a whole lot to me because let's just be honest about it. Even if, even if he does resign and he does get a pardon, I don't think they can, they can make everything go away. I, I just don't see it. And God only knows what Joe Biden might do when he gets in office, even if Mike Pence pardons him. There might be something that he could do that would destroy that pardon and make it so he is going to be held accountable. Because that's really what this boils down to, Donald Trump being held accountable. And like all cowards, he's trying to find an easy way out. This is Danger Close USA, angry, pissed off American podcast radio. I don't know what my show's about today because I never have an agenda and I really don't have talking points or anything. So bear with me today. Um, I do have some good news for my listeners that I want to talk about when I come back. Really big news for me and my family. Um, I think it's something possible that could be positive. So I'm going to share that with you when I come back. And I got a bit of a drive ahead of me. So we'll talk some more. You know, you'll listen to me ramble and go on as normal. Um, my last show yesterday was horrible. <laughs> I was not, I don't know what it was. I, I, I got behind a school bus and I got behind a post office lady. Then, uh, my phone wouldn't stop going off. And I just, I, it was, it was a horrible show and I apologize. I don't even know why I aired it, but you know, all my shows suck. So it's not really anything different than anything else on a day to day basis. Um, but I appreciate you tuning in. I'll be right back.
So, if you've been paying attention, I've been going for job interviews left and right. After everything that happened with me catching COVID, missing six weeks of work, having an employer that's refusing to take responsibility because it was one of their employees that got me sick and got my whole entire family sick. I've been job hunting and yesterday I got a phone call and I won't say from where or anything yet. I will when, when everything's done and over with, but for right now it's, I've been hired. I just landed a job as a lead executive chef for a pretty large establishment and um, a conglomerate, I should say. So I'm looking forward and it's more money than I've ever been paid an hour in this area. And I've been hounding these people. I've been applying for everything that opened. They took a look at my resume so many times that I just thought, well, maybe I'm overqualified or maybe there's something wrong with my resume because you never know. And it paid off. Last night I got a phone call about four o'clock in the afternoon from the head of their HR department and then from their food and beverage director announcing that I have been accepted and they gave me a proposal and I accepted it and um, I won't start for a couple more weeks so I can't stop fundraising for my family. I can't stop trying to get people to donate for our GoFundMe but at least in the end of everything and when everything's done and said I will be doing a hell of a lot better off. It might, it, there might be a few speed bumps we're gonna have to hit, I'm sure, between now and then, but when we finally get me settled into this position and I managed to get a couple months worth of work in, we should be pretty okay. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I wanted to share that with my listeners and whoever Whoever can uh, actually stay tuned in all the way to this point. <laughs> Look, I know my show sucks. I, I have no delusions of otherwise. I'm very well aware of how shitty my show is. Very well aware. I I have no problem in taking full responsibility for it. Um, but that, I thought, was some good news. I wanted to share that with people. I think it's especially with everybody who's been trying to help us out and uh, donating and praying for us and everything else. It means a lot to me and my family. It means a lot to me and my children and my wife. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you to everybody again. I'm not, I can't stop trying to raise funds, but at this point in time, at least I've got something waiting for me at the end of the rainbow. I wanted to share that with everybody because I think it's pretty cool. Um, to everybody else out there, maybe this is the first time you've tuned in. I I don't have anything but just me, myself, and I, a phone, and some peace and quiet when I'm driving to do this show. I don't have any backers. I don't have any George Soros writing me letters and checks or whatever. I don't have any donations coming in for the show. I don't get paid to do this show, obviously, because it sucks so bad. But I do this show because I don't think there's enough of a voice out there. I know I don't represent uh, logic and reason very well, but that's 
really what my show's about, despite my horrid voice and the fact that I swear like a sailor, nine times out of ten, I'm basically giving you my opinion about things that are happening in the news. So if this is the first time you've tuned into my show, you know, thank you. And uh, I hope you continue to tune in. I don't have a whole lot of subscribers. I have up to 22 people. Um, the most amount of listeners I've had in one day was approximately 1,200 people. And it fluctuates. Yesterday, I had eight listeners. The day before, 300-something. I don't know if I can find the, uh, the happy medium there. But uh, I like doing my show. I don't get any recognition for it. But that's fine. You know, I just, I do this because there's no other voices out there that represent the left side in this equation. And, uh, you know, I'm a Democrat, but I lean into the centrist realm a lot. I'm a bit of a centrist. I'm a bit of a libertarian, if you want to be honest. Um, I believe in our Constitution. I believe in our Bill of Rights. I am a Democrat. I support the Second Amendment. But I support intelligence first, and that's why I do the show. I know I don't seem that intelligent. And trust me, um, my family would tell you that I'm probably the smartest person that they've ever met. But I don't put on that facade when I'm doing this. It's a chance for me to be myself and not have to worry about the words that I choose and the things that I say. Um, I'm professional, 24-7, uh, to the heart, professional. Um, always have been. But uh, this is where I get to not be that guy. That's why I do my show. Plus, you know, who likes Sean Hannity, Mark Levin? Who wants to listen to Tucker Carlson or, or uh, Janine Piero or uh, Glenn Beck or Billy Mitchell or uh, any of uh, My show is my show. It's my version of what I would think um, the opposite of Hannity would be. <laughs> you know, the opposite of uh, Mark Levin. My name's Mark Levin. I mean, I'm just trying to be the opposite of the propaganda that represents the right side in this equation. And that's why I do this show. I'm your anti-Hannity, your anti-Levin, your anti-Rush, your anti-Glenn Beck, your anti-everything that has to do with Donald Trump and the Republican Party. You could call this a resistance podcast, and I would happily accept that, but that's not really why I do this show. I do this show because there isn't a whole lot on our side of the fence that rep represents intellectualism or intelligence or just the fact that we're all pissed off and angry at what's going on in our country. That's why I do Danger Close. That's why I do Danger Close USA. I do Danger Close USA because I enjoy it and because I try to be a voice during such horrid days in our country. Anyways, enough about me. I, you know, blah, blah, fucking blah. Blah, blah. Blah. going to go see a good friend of mine. She's a retired Air Force captain. Or I don't know what she was, a colonel, I believe. I'm going to go visit her real quick. Say hi to her. Apparently, we're going to be working together in a couple weeks. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you because I put her down for a reference. 
in my resume, along with a lot of other people, the president of the Chamber of Commerce, where I live, a very reputable, uh, well-respected engineer that works for Next Tier and Delphi, and uh, these are people that know me, and uh, they know the, the kind of guy I am. And so I'm going to say thank you to, uh, I'm going to say thank you to a friend of mine who's actually one of the dishwashers there. Here we got a retired Air Force, Air, ah, retired Air, Air Force Colonel um, washing dishes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter what she does. She's an awesome person. And trust me, if... She's washing those dishes. They're the cleanest, most organized dishes you have ever seen in your life. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> She's the one that turned me on to the job, the opportunity. And uh, I wanted to say thank you to her and give her a hug. And that's where I'm heading. Because it means a lot to my family. That she stuck her neck out there and apparently talked a pretty good game on my behalf, along with the waiter there too that knows me. I think he must have had something good to say, hopefully. But I'm gonna go visit my friend and then I am going to go home. My wife and my kids were extremely proud of me. I was actually in my closet um, cleaning one of my guns because I was planning on going shooting this weekend, even though I can't afford it. I really, I just wanted to clear my head and I love going to the shooting range. And I was thinking about doing that today. So last night I was cleaning my gun and my, my phone went off. And here I am in my closet Standing in front of my safe. I got my gun sitting on top of the safe. I'm cleaning it. My, my phone goes off. And it's them telling me that I've been accepted into their program. And they're going to hire me and all that stuff. And I come out of the closet. And I go right into the living room. My wife's sitting there. And she's looking at me like, you know, I had a weird look on my face. And she's like, what? What happened? What's wrong? And I said, oh, God, I just got the worst phone call. <laughs> she's like, what happened? And I'm like, she goes, oh, God, don't tell me. I'm like, what? I got a job. <laughs> I think she was thinking someone in my family died or something. I don't know what she was thinking. She was just like, oh, God, what is it? <laughs> we're under a lot of stress in our house. I have to tell you that. We're under a lot of stress in our house because of the bills and the situation and everything we're going through. And it's it's been really hard on us as a family. But we're, you know, sticking it together. We're sticking through it. We're, we're going to be fine. I have no doubt in my mind we're going to be fine. Um, but it's the, the humor that's keeping this all together and the constant stress that we're under, you know, I can make it vanish and go away for a while by just being a silly douche, douchebag that I am. So anyways, like I said, I walked out into the living room and I just, I just had this look on my face. I was really happy inside, but at the same time, I just, I didn't want her to know that yet. So I'm standing there with a stupid look on my face and she's like, oh my God, what's wrong? <laughs> And I'm like, ha-ha, got you. And of course, you know, I played it off for a good minute or two. I was like, oh, God. She's like, what? I said, I don't know. I don't know if I can tell you. She's like, tell me what? I'm like, I don't know. I just got the worst phone call. 
And she's like, oh God, what is this about? What is this about? I'm like, I, I, Kate. And she's like, what? And I, and I did a couple more of those deep sighs, like, uh. and finally she's like, okay, what is it? And I said, I got the job. And she just looked at me, she said, you fucker. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's, that's what happened. And it's, you know, I thought I'd share that with you. So we're going to go see my retired Air Force Colonel friend of mine. And then I'm going home and I really, like I said, today I did not have an agenda. I really didn't have anything I wanted to talk about. I know a lot of people tune into my show because they, I don't know, have nothing better to do. Um, they like to waste their time on, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I was I was trying to stray away from the Donald Trump shit. I want to talk about other things. There are a lot of things I like to talk about. I mean, I'm a fisherman. I love to kayak. And this show could definitely, definitely do better than just talking about Donald Trump. Oh, and my, the issues with my life and things at home. And I could definitely talk about a whole lot more than just Donald Trump. So I'm going to try to do that after the election. And, you know, I would probably do really well if I were to stray away from talking about the douchebag in chief. And there's a lot of things that I do, like going to the shooting range that I, I could definitely do with my listeners. Um, going kayaking, something I could do with my listeners. Um, hunting, you know, I could do that. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that might tune into my show and be like, oh my God, he likes guns. He likes to hunt. He's an outdoorsman. Oh, gross. That's just who I am. I hunt conservatively. I do not take whatever... I know people that when they go hunting, whatever it is that just moved in front of them in a bush they're shooting at. Um, I've never pulled the trigger on anything I've intended to kill without knowing that I'm going to kill it. Without having total faith in my aim and, and the shot that I was going to take. I've never pulled the trigger on an animal and, and did not dispatch it quickly. Um, I have let huge beautiful trophy deer walk right past me had them under my sights and just because they were so freaking gorgeous and i knew how old they were and what they had to go through to get to that size i'm talking 14 pointers i've just let them go and i've had discussions with the game wardens here i've had discussions with other people hunters and stuff and they're like oh god i would have dropped that thing and then, and then they call me a liar and i'm like i'd rather take a four pointer or a six pointer and then take something that has managed to survive for God knows how many years out in the wild and evading hunters and poachers and everything else. And those genetics need to move, you know, need to continue. So I don't don't think I should shoot and kill a deer of that age because they have a lot to offer, I think, in the breeding aspect of, of the deer population in the area. They have the best genetics, so let them live. A lot of hunters don't think that way. A lot of hunters are just ready to hell, they, they see something moving around in a bush and they're pulling the trigger. I'm just saying, I mean, I've known guys that be like, oh, I, I got a deer, and I'm like, or I got a doe. I'm like, how did you get a doe? Oh, I thought it was a buck. I'm like, He goes, yeah, I shot at it six times, you know. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, I hunt on foot. You'll never see me in a tree stand. I do everything on foot. Um, I try to meet, meet my prey, you know, my quarry, my quarry, uh, on an eye level basis. I don't know if that makes any sense. I think a deer should have 
the same upper hand that I would have in a tree stand. Um, they should be able to see me. Um, and that's how I hunt, and I've done very well over the years. So that might be something I could talk about in future episodes once the Dutard is out of office. There's a lot of things I think I could talk about besides Donald Trump. Um, but I'm going to stay focused on this until the end. And, uh, you know, hopefully he loses. I'm pretty sure, 99% sure he's going to lose this election, without a doubt. But I also feel like um, if he was to win, which I don't think he would, but if he was to actually win the election, I would definitely um, continue doing this show and uh, monitoring uh, the propagandists and offering rebuttals in my opinion and everything else like I've been doing. Um, Because I do this show because I enjoy what I'm doing and I feel like maybe I might make a tiny little teeny iota of a uno poquito difference might not I have no effect whatsoever but at least I do it at least I do it hello Miss Air Force veteran my retired Air Force friend. Sorry, I didn't didn't tell you I was going anywhere. I just hopped out. We'll see what happens. I'm really excited about this new opportunity for a job. She just wanted to she just wanted to meet me with me and talk to me about it for a second and I just gave her a big old hug and said thank you for sticking her neck out there for me and probably one of the reasons why I got the job in the first place so I just wanted to let her know that I was thankful and then she asked me to pick up some toilet paper and drop it off at her house for her daughter apparently they're all out of toilet paper at the house and they have a she's got a bunch of friends over or something I don't know and she's like, could you do me a big favor? I'm like, yeah. She goes, I have to get to work. But I was wondering, I was wondering if you could grab a thing of toilet paper and drop it off my house. And I'm like, uh, I believe I can do that. I definitely believe I can do that. So let's go in the dollar store here and get some TP.
are you today? Good, thank you. So I go to push open the door as I'm leaving and the fucking door didn't have a spring on it or anything. All I did was just push it with the uh, toe of my foot and it swung open like I freaking karate kicked it or something. I don't know. And then it slammed back into my elbow and now I think I've damaged my elbow. Ah, fuck. <laughs> okay. Let's go drop off some toilet paper. There's some people apparently need to wipe their ass. We'll just call this the toilet paper show. What is up with the toilet paper? It's like COVID hit. We couldn't find toilet paper anywhere. COVID's still hitting us. And we're like swamped with toilet paper. Oh God, that hurt. That really hurt. Oh, it's a good thing I'm a tough old son of a bitch hurt myself more times than I, I don't even remember, man. Especially doing construction. I've, I've, I've literally slit my freaking hand open one time and a little bit of super glue and some duct tape and I just continued working. I should have got stitches. It was bad. Bad. I could see the bone and the meat and everything. Oh. And we had to get the job done and so, well, I got a scar on my left hand be there for the rest of my life. This is why my, one of my sons said, you should have been a Navy SEAL, Dad. I'm like, why? You get hurt all the time and you just, it doesn't even phase you. I'm like, I guess that'd be one requirement. I don't know. I don't think I can meet the rest of those requirements. You want me to run a mile? How, how quick? Fuck you. Can I just shoot the gun? I mean, no, literally, uh, my hat's off to the Navy SEALs in this country because, I mean, when I was younger, I'm sure I probably might, could have probably become one. I mean, I'm not even joking. I was just, I was a physical fitness fuckwad is what I was. I worked out every day. I was in perfect fucking physical shape. And I have the mental tolerance of a, I don't know, just something. Some Name some animal that's really mentally tough. I don't know. A giraffe. I don't know. Whatever. 
So this show's gonna suck. I'm just, I'm just letting you know now, so you're well aware. You made it this far in, and you're more than welcome to leave at this point. I understand you have things to do. <laughs> Why would you want to listen to my ass? Oh, it was really cool though. Of uh, Bo of the Fifth Column, I he probably wouldn't even care. I'd probably record all his shows and put them on my show. But it was really cool of him to say, "Yeah, go ahead." I was like, "Thanks, man. Have a great night." I don't know if you know who Bo of the Fifth Column is, but I suggest you Google that shit, and you will find Bo. And it's the first. If you don't know how to spell Bo, it's the first four letters in beautiful. We just don't say beautiful. Beautiful. We see Bo, okay? Not saying the guy's beautiful either. He's got a beard and I just It's like you could you could fit a like a small cell of ISIS up inside his beard, but he's a, a white guy. <laughs> I'm just fucking around, dude. I don't care. Um but yeah, if you um enjoy my show, you would definitely enjoy uh Bo with the fifth column, and I suggest you Google that and um tune into him. He has a YouTube channel and I think he's I think he's an extraordinary person. He's extremely intelligent. Um a big history buff. Um so am I. But uh he's a lot more eloquent than I am. So I, I suggest if you like that kind of stuff, he's the guy to listen to. If you like this kind of stuff, I'm the guy that you want to listen to. You want to listen to someone that's a lot more eloquent and well spoken and he's the man if you want to listen to the junkyard dog tuned into me. I don't know why I just named myself that. And a friend of mine's like, yesterday he texted me, he said, I listened to your show last night, dude, dude. He really didn't say a whole lot. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I was didn't have a whole lot to say, man. Um, I talked about the Georgia governor uh, uh, kidnapping plot. I haven't discussed anything else about it. I just wanted people to be paying attention to how the um, the right and the media was handling it. And if you pay attention, they were handling it pretty shitty. Um, they try relentlessly to distance Donald Trump from this group. They managed to find one guy out of the eight that might have marched with Black Lives Matter. And they're using that as like, oh, well, they're not all white supremacists. I mean, serious. They picked one guy out and we're like, oh, he marched with Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How long ago was this? I mean, they want to paint this picture like Donald Trump didn't cause any of this. Donald Trump, is, 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 his rhetoric and his narrative did not cause this. That's what they want you to believe. That's what Rush, Rush Limbaugh went out and said. I mean, all of them. All the fucking propagandists all had the same line of mumbo-jumbo worded their own way. And they're all just like, well, he didn't have anything to do with this at all. I mean, I don't know why people are saying this. It's just, look, they, they all used to march with back Black Lives Matter. They were they were not white supremacists. I'm like, dude, one of them out of the eight allegedly marched with Black Lives Matter. And that's all you got, baby. We're going to shut this shit down with that, that thing. Yeah, one out of the eight. It's not a Trump supporter. Okay, great. That's fucking awesome. And who knows? The one that they might be pointing at and saying was the bad guy might actually have been the guy that might have given all this information over to the FBI, in which case led to the arrests of these people. Just saying, that's a high probability. 
that one guy that they're like, oh, see, this guy marched with Black Lives Matter might actually be the guy that the reason why we're here in the first place. And I just screwed up big time. I'm supposed to go by this. I don't even know how to get there. Ugh. All right, dropping off toilet paper. That's my mission for today, dropping off toilet paper. I think I did a show about toilet paper. I went into Walmart to get toilet paper and was stuck in line for 20 minutes. It's insane. But I remember that whole thing after COVID hit. My wife, uh, actually, we ran out of toilet paper. And she uh, sacrificed a few wash rags with a pair of scissors. And that was supposed to cover our butt-wiping needs. Ah. <laughs> uh. Where were you when America ran out of toilet paper? You know, we all do that about 9-11. Where were you on 9-11? You know, I don't know if anybody does that anymore. I used to. I used to talk about it all the time. I was at my house getting ready to go to work. And I had walked outside to start my pickup truck up to let it warm up. I had a 1988 or 87 Chevy Scottsdale. And I cranked that fucker up and was letting it warm up. Went in the house to put on my rubber boots because I was plastering pools for a living <clears throat> walked in my house and I remember there being a black news anchor <clears throat> and he had said <clears throat> that a, a jet had flown into one of the World Trade Centers of course at that point in time nobody really knew what was going on we didn't know this was an attack as much as we thought it was just a dumb pilot some sort of crazy set of circumstances that would cause it you know we all were reaching different conclusions. And I remember sitting down and putting my boots on, and I think it wasn't even uh, a few minutes later, um, just as I was getting ready, I think I came out of the bathroom and walked across the living room, looked at the TV, this had happened, and they were talking about the second plane. And I just sat down on the couch. And I remember the guys that I worked with, a couple of them called me up and said, dude, I'm not working today. I'm like, neither am I. I uh, you know, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And... It kind of played out like that for, I don't know, for a good hour or so. And then I was just, uh, you know, my you know, people I worked with were like, we're not working today. I, I called my boss. He's like, I'm not, we're not doing this today. You know, look what's going on, blah, 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 blah. And I sat there all day and watched everything play out like everybody else did. And I decided I needed to run to the store and I go to get in my truck and it wouldn't start. I'm like, what the hell? You know, it's cranking, but it wouldn't start. And then I realized that. I had started that morning and just let it run out. It sat in the driveway probably for about eight hours running until it ran out of gas. And I, you know, dumb old me was just in the house watching TV and, and, and you know, watching what was happening with the 9-11 incident and totally forgot about my car sitting there or my truck running and uh, it ran out of gas that day. And the only time it ever ran out of gas. I think that's, uh, you know, that... That's what happened to me on 9-11. And like a lot of Americans, I was disgusted and upset and angry too. All right, I'm dropping toilet paper off. I just need to make a small U-turn here. So I get a really weird driveway. You can only go up, go up their driveway coming from one direction. You can't turn and go up their driveway coming from the other. So I have to do a U-turn if I come from the other way. Because their driveway's really weird. I'm in the mountains of North Carolina. Everybody's driveway's fucking weird here. I know a lot of people build houses before they even really have, like, a, a, a way to get to the house. 
you know, they'll make a little dirt road or something, throw some gravel down and, they, you know, someone can get a, a lumber truck in there or something or, you know, whatever. And that's it. And they'll clear the land. And then I've heard of people building their houses and all of a sudden the property owner that owns the land in front of their house is like, hey, what's this road doing here? You know, it's crazy access violations and problems and issues and stuff. And But uh, this lady's driveway is all fucked up uphill she's got a creek running across half of her driveway so you go to go across it and you're about in eight inches to a foot of water at one point just crossed over just now and pulling up drop off the toilet paper yeah so a big thank you to uh, a retired air force air force colonel Miss Kathy and uh, I'm sure she uh, helped me get this job anyways I'm sorry I'm rambling I don't have anything to my show today it's just me just me here's your toilet paper look at the fun feeling groovy Let's go hand some toilet paper off. Hello, Dropping off some toilet paper for you. Yes, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Have a good Dad. day, hon. Yeah, you too. Flushing, I've got your toilet paper here. Three ply for your derriere. I bring you brawny, Charmin, and something else. When you need to wipe your butt, I will supply. The best in three ply. And in the naked light I saw. 
10,000 people, maybe more. People talking without speaking. People hearing without listening. Mission accomplished. Toilet paper has been dropped off. 12 rolls. Three ply. Everybody will be happy in that house for about a week. And then it will run out again. Can't we have some sort of like multi-use butt wipe? Can't some guy out there that's married to some woman that believes that, you know, you could rub lavender oil on your forehead. It makes you smarter. Some of those really smart people that only eat vegetables. Wouldn't it be cool if they came out with some sort of recyclable butt wipe? I don't think that'll happen, but I, I can imagine that someone out there, you know, in that off the grid, recycle your compost type of person probably could dream something like that up. So we could just buy like one roll of this stuff and it will last us forever. Yeah. I'm sure there's someone out there that could dream that up. There's got to be somebody that could dream that up. There has to be. Recyclable toilet paper. Go green to wipe your bean. I don't know. Sorry, I was kind of rude. But, you know, again, my show, it sucks. I know that. I don't care. If you tuned in and you made it this far, I'm shocked. Not a whole lot of people can actually stomach me for that long. That includes my wife. She had, she was... Honey, don't you have somewhere to go? Why don't you go do your podcast or something? Okay. Okay. We are going to have a good day. We are going to have a good day today because Donald Trump is having conversations about resignation. makes me want to turn up the radio a little bit. Fuck you, Donald Trump! Imagine, I, I, I have to wonder, and, and this is a good question to ask. Actually, it's a very good question to ask, and, and I, I bring it up every once in a while, but I, I, I feel like it, it needs to be brought up again. If you are familiar with what happened in El Paso, Texas, with a gentleman that opened, I want to say gentleman, but with a person that opened fire on a Walmart and tried to have a shooting spree on Hispanic Americans... 
he left a manifesto. He was a self-proclaimed Trump supporter. Um, left a little Trump manifesto behind. He was a whack job. And after everything was said and done, that same day, just a few hours after the shooting took place, Trump supporters came out and had a parade to celebrate what this man had done. And I always think back to that time and wonder why the President of the United States didn't take that opportunity to denounce white supremacy right then and there. And I talked about it yesterday on my show, and I'm talking about it again, because so many people have said that he has denounced white supremacy, and there are some video footage of him denouncing white supremacy. But whenever an incident, especially one of this nature, or anything having to do against white supremacy, he has failed to address it. Now, I'm not just talking about the debates. Again, I'm talking about instances such as a shooting in El Paso, Charlottesville, Boston, which has happened in Michigan. These are all excellent examples of a good time and place for him to have that discussion with America. It's a good time and an awful set of circumstances, but it's a good time to open up that can of worms and say that you denounce white supremacy and you denounce the shooting in El Paso but you did not denounce the, sh the, the, the cause of it. To denounce white supremacy is to denounce himself. Let's just be honest about it. He's not denouncing white supremacy straight out. He's not calling out these militia groups. And there's something that's really important that needs to be discussed. Something really important needs to be discussed as soon as I come right back. have this conversation because it's an important conversation to have as Americans and I want you to hear me out and, I, and it's it's something that needs to be addressed that's not being addressed and this isn't the first time I've talked about it either So let's have that discussion. <clears throat> These misaligned militia groups, white supremacy groups that are armed and dangerous, are still being called militia groups. There needs to be a label applied to this, and it's extremely important for people to understand this. These are domestic terrorists. They are not, in any way, shape, or form, a lawful assembly under the Second Amendment. I say it again. This is not a lawful assembly under the Second Amendment. Utilizing the Second Amendment to hide what your actual cause is is not part of what the Second Amendment stands for. 
well-armed, regulated militia is a load of shit. This is 2020. But what I don't understand is that in the media, when these instances pop up, when these things happen with these groups, instead of calling them what they are, domestic terrorists, they call them militia groups, armed militia groups. They're not labeling them what they really are, which is problematic. And it adds to the rhetoric from the president. It's not helping America when the media is applying these very loose and um, I don't I don't know how to describe it. They're, it's labels that that should not be applied. I mean, you don't label a jug of chocolate milk uh, homogenized whole white milk. I'm just saying it, it is what it is. You know, I, sorry. You might be able to take the label off a of Budweiser, put it on a bush, and the bush the label off a of bush, and put it on a Budweiser, and maybe nobody would be able to tell the difference. What I'm talking about is the label that needs to be applied to these people, and it needs to be applied soon. We can't keep calling these people militia groups. We can't keep calling these guys armed militia groups. We can't keep calling them by the names they want to be called by. Proud Boys, whatever. We need to call them what they are. They're domestic terrorist groups. What Donald Trump did against Antifa and the Ku Klux Klan is nothing compared to what these groups are. It's in it's just in I don't know. It's inapprehensible that the President of the United States has not addressed this problem thoroughly enough. It's inapprehensible that he's still playing this card where, of course, I've denounced white supremacy. When we all see it and hear it and we know what's going on, let's just stop playing games. You know what I mean? That's really what this boils down to. Can we stop playing games here? These are domestic terrorist groups. They need to be labeled as such. The, 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 The media is not doing their job. Um... It's, it's just like when Donald Trump lies and they say he made some false claims. Let's not do that anymore. Why don't we start using the labels that should apply? When Donald Trump lies instead of saying false claims, call him a fucking liar. Call him a fraud. Call him what he is. Quit playing this game. But they still do. And they're doing it right now with white supremacist groups. I don't understand why. They're doing it right now with these armed militia groups. I don't know why. Why not call them what they are? Domestic terrorist groups, terrorists. That's it. There is no other label. You want to call them Proud Boys? Well, you're just helping them and their cause. Why don't you just call them what they are? And the same thing applies to the Republican Party. Instead of calling them Republicans, just call them what they are traitors. Every one of them. They're not standing for this country, they're standing for Donald Trump. Donald Trump is going to drag the entire Republican Party down with him. And it will be no choice of theirs. They've, like I said, have dropped anchor. They have dropped anchor on Trump. Trump is their man. That's who they love. That's who they support. That's all they're about. Republican Party has failed this country. And they're hoping if they can ride long enough on Donald Trump's short tails, that they, or whatever, shirt tails, they might be able to get, the you know, maintain the power they have. We all know better. 
it, 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 they're going to, I'm telling you right now, mark my words, in the next couple weeks before the election, two weeks before the election, they are going to start just jumping off the ship. They're not going to ride on the Trump train anymore. The train's off the tracks. They're not going to ride it anymore. I'm going to check the mail. I'm going to check the mail. What do I got? What do I got? Anything? Nothing. That's always a good sign. I like it when I have nothing. I have nothing than bills. I think that I think that's something that needs to be discussed. I think people need to start really stop what they're doing when they address these hate groups. We need to call them what they are: the domestic terrorists. They're not uh, a well-regulated militia. I mean, that's to make any sense. Who's supposed to regulate the militias, anyways? That's something that nobody ever discusses. It's not supposed to be regulated by citizenry. Citizenry. It's supposed to be regulated by our government. So if you want to form a militia, I mean, I still believe in militias. Don't get me wrong. I believe that, you know, I, I firmly believe that the United States government could easily create a some sort of civilian military. I know it sounds crazy. I, hear me out. Hear me out. We have the Army, we have the, the U.S. Marine Corps, we have the Navy, we have the Air Force, we have the National Guard, we have Army Reserve, we have all these groups, um, or military branches, or branches of our military. Why not, honestly, why not start a civilian armed forces? I know it sounds crazy, but what if, unlike, you know, I, <laughs> I hate to use a communist country to talk about this, but we could use switch... We could use Switzerland if you'd rather, but, you know, just to be honest, um, you know, why not start putting our kids? I mean, if, if we can't, if we can't entrust parents to raise their kids right, I know this is crazy. Just hear me out. If we can't entrust all parents to raise their kids right, what would happen? What would you say if I said, okay, from the age of 13 to 14, instead of going to uh, ninth grade, you go to a boot camp? You don't have to join the military, but you get uh, discipline. You've you get taught how to defend yourself. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but I mean, it's just an idea. You know, what if we were to do something like that, and then, and you know, open up that ball? Because I, if you look at Switzerland, you know, or you look at China, you know, it's mandatory. Military service is mandatory. But what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about like you know, crazy. China shit. I'm talking about just, <laughs> just, just saying. We have all these people out there that they keep talking about wanting to form militias. They're going to form militias, form militias, form militias. You know, there's that drive there to militarize themselves. Why not put them to purpose? That's all I'm saying. Why not put them to purpose? If it's if a militia is supposed to be well regulated, then why not let the U.S. military regulate these militias? Why not make them, you know, peaceful civilian? Um make him a peaceful civilian branch of our government. You know, the, the, the final, the, the red line, the, the last of the Mohicans in our military. If everything else fails, we can call on them. Um, kind of like uh, selective service. I'm just saying, you know, it doesn't have to be for a year, but let's just say for three months, every child in this country goes through military boot camp for three months or, or um, six months. They get discipline, they get training, they get, you know, taught things that... They're going to help them. It's not a bad idea, America. It's something I just I've thought about a few times because there's all these civilians that are forming these 
I mean, I've, I've got a militia right down the road for me. I've got a militia literally right down the road for me. The Moccasin Creek militia. I, just being honest. All this energy that, that these people exude, wanting to protect their country, wanting to be part of something, it's not really a bad idea. Um, mandatory three, three months of, uh, of boot camp in our military would not be a bad thing. It wouldn't be. And what if they could experience um, training from every branch of our military? What if uh, for three weeks um, they go through training uh, with the um, with the Army? And then for three weeks they go through training with the Navy. And then for three weeks they go through training for um, the Air Force or whatever. And they, they get all this training given to them. I mean, I'm just saying there's a lot of things we could do that would help our country. And I know this is kind of a crazy idea, but there are a lot of things we could do to help our country. And I think one of the things we could help that would help our country is some discipline. And I'm not talking about training our kids to kill. I'm not, I, you know, maybe when they're in, maybe like one of the branches can teach them how to shoot a rifle or whatever, but I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the discipline. I'm talking about the, uh, the institution of our military. I'm talking about what it does for young men and women, what it empowers, uh, the strengthening of social resolve and, 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 and just being a better human being. It's not a bad idea. It's just something I was thinking about because we have all these boomers that are forming these militia groups. And I'm thinking, you know, there's a place for that in this country. There is, it's in our, it's in our, it's our second amendment, but I think militias need to be regulated by the government. I think that if you want to form a militia, okay, great, form a militia. But we're going to regulate it. We're going to make sure whoever's part of your militia, you want to be a true militia, you file your your militia's name. Um, you know, you file who's in charge. I mean, I'm being serious. And and then you get tagged as a, a, a an actual U.S. militia. And then you, you want to be a militia? Great. Then every three months, you got to show up for training. Um, every year, you have to qualify uh, on whatever gun you use. Um, just some sort of regulation in the militia. That way we don't have all these crazy branches of the militia. You know, the, the idea of the militia. We don't have all these different separatist groups and, 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 and hate groups and all this other stuff. If we centralize what, militia's supposed, what a militia is supposed to be around the idea of being well-regulated, I think that that would be great. I think that if, you know, the Moxon Creek militia down the road for me said, you know what? We're not a hate group. We're not this, but we like what we're doing. We, we you know, we think we're, we're a good militia. Maybe they file something with the FBI. They get recognized as a U.S. militia, and then they get regulated training. Just a thought. I mean, I don't have a problem with people forming militias. I really don't. I have a problem with people forming armed hate groups. I think a militia is actually not a bad idea, but I don't think it should be unregulated. If you're going to form a militia, at least have some sort of regulation, have some sort of oversight. So you're not recruiting hate members and hate groups. And if you're not part of what the government says is a militia, then you're not a militia. You're a terrorist group. How hard is that? Just some ideas I thought I'd throw your way. <clears throat> we are still raising money for our family. There is, if you go to DangerClose underscore USA on Twitter, that's DangerClose, all one word, DangerClose underscore USA on Twitter. You can find my profile there. Somewhere in my feed, there are a bunch of posts looking for help during our problem as a family because of COVID. 
If you would like to donate to our family, please do. Um, and there's several ways you can donate to our family if you would like. If you use Cash App, it's the dollar sign family of seven guy. Dollar sign, the word family, the word of, the number seven guy. Family of seven guy. Dollar sign, family of seven guy on Cash App, on Venmo, Jeffrey dash Kaufman dash USA. That's J E F F R E Y dash K A U F M A N dash USA on Venmo. On PayPal, it's Rusty Iron Johnson at Gmail. That's Rusty Iron Johnson at Gmail.com. It's Rusty R U S T Y Iron I R O N Johnson. J-O-H-N-S-O-N at gmail.com. And we have a GoFundMe, and you can find that link. I'll try to put it on this episode's description if you'd like to donate to our family. We're a good, hardworking family. I'm a hardworking man. I'm married to a beautiful woman. We have five children. And I was out of work for six weeks because I caught COVID at work from a fellow employee. And upon returning to work and trying to get unemployment, I realized... They're not going to help me. They're not taking any responsibility in this whatsoever. And so now I'm looking for work. And if you would like to help, it'd be really, 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 really appreciated. We are about $900 away from getting all of our bills covered. I just landed a job yesterday, got the phone call yesterday. I'm super excited, but I won't start until the 29th. And until then, I'm trying to do side work. Uh, I used to work at a farm, but apparently they sold the farm and it's a different owner. I went there yesterday and, you know, I was just looking for odd work, you know, whatever, you know, I don't care what I'm doing, picking up cow patties, whatever. And I went in there and talked to him. I'm like, "Uh, you know, it's not the same guy doesn't own the place anymore, but we'll keep you in mind. You know, it's just that kind of thing that I'm doing right now, just so I can stay afloat, just so I can start this job. I'm really excited about it. Um, A lead chef's job is extraordinary for me. So if you'd like to donate, please feel free. Otherwise, have a great Saturday, America. I appreciate you tuning into my stupid ramble. Again, I have no agenda. I just do this thing. Um, If you actually listened all the way through, thank you. Um, Please share me on your social media, whatever you do. I greatly appreciate it. This was Danger Close USA, angry, pissed off American podcast radio, your host, Jeff Kaufman. Please tune in for my next show. I don't know what it's going to be about, but I'll try to do better than the last two. (laughs) sounds horrible i sound like trump trying to get votes i know this last four years have been really shitty but i promise the next four years will be better just vote for me it's kind of what he's doing i hope he resign i hope he does not resign but i hope it comes out that he's actually trying to resign and i hope that joe biden says we'll still get him even if he gets pardoned that would make my fucking day anyways have a great day america this is jeff kaufman your voice of reason during times of treason thank you for tuning in god bless hooah
Hello. Hi. <coughs> Hello, family. Hi, honey. How are you? I'm okay. I see you, dog. Yes. <laughs>